All right, good to be with you today as we uh, have the show on the road. Of course, uh, there's a big football game at the end of the week you may have heard about out in Las Vegas. We'll be talking a lot about that with you uh, throughout these next four hours plus throughout the week. And uh, we are at Hackers in Hilltop here today. Uh, Hackers at Hilltop in Virginia Beach, of course, Great place to come, not only to uh, hang out and watch the games, but a little simulated golf going on here, a lot of golf simulators, uh, the great food, drink as well, and they will have a huge, and I mean huge, James, big game watch party on Sunday, February 11th. There'll be food, refreshments, 70 TVs broadcasting it all, including uh, large screens in base for optimal viewing, so you won't miss any plays or any commercial for that matter. All the big game watch party options include food and drink tickets. Secure your spot at hackers at hilltop.com or grab your tickets in person. You can come by and see us today until now at 7. Uh, you can give them a call to 757 351 3931. That's 757 351 3931. Again, book a bay today or get general admission. Big game will be legendary. No cancellations, no refunds. Once you're here, you're in, and you're in for an unforgettable big game watch party here at Hackers at Hilltop. And if you want to get around before the game, swing, or, swing by early. The restaurant and bays will be open until 1 on Sunday, but closing at 3 to prepare for the big game watch party happening from 5 to 11 p.m. Saturday, Sunday evening in the state-of-the-art indoor golf, eat, drink, and watch sports facility. The sports fans' destination in Virginia Beach, Hackers at Hilltop, eat, drink and score. So that's where we are today for the next four hours. Uh, Ricky Ronnie, Old Dominion head football coach, is going to join us at the bottom of the hour here in person. Let him take some swings in the golf simulator and also some swings and some football with us. In addition to his program, uh, we'll talk – got to talk Cliff Kingsbury with him. Oh, of course. I mean, i got to know. Look, he runs the spread, right? So he's probably got some strong feelings about – the air raid offense and what it has evolved to in the NFL level from Cliff Kingsbury and what it can evolve to in Washington, no matter who the quarterback is. And we'll get to that in a bit. I know everybody's like, ah, Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams. Now, get, hold, slow your damn roll, okay? I got I got stuff for you on that. Why, you may not need to just buy your Caleb Williams commander's jerseys quite yet. So we'll deal with all that. But, yes, the big news today prior to Dan Quinn speaking now, I think it's still going on, uh, with the Commanders is the uh, team has announced that Cliff Kingsbury, who when we last spoke to you on Friday, we were all sure he was a Raiders offensive coordinator. Then a complete 180. He's out. Now he's in Washington. Uh, Joe Witt Jr., which was pretty much reported the second uh, Dan Quinn was hired by Washington, that he would be the team's defensive coordinator. Now the most interesting part about that to me and we just literally got this minutes ago, is he is going to call the defense as well. Ooh. Joe Witt Jr. is, not Dan Quinn, All right. which is fascinating because, remember, Dan Quinn kind of arm-wrestled with himself on this in Atlanta. Am I calling the defense? Am I not calling the defense? Should I call the defense? Should I not call the defense? He went back and forth over multiple years there. I don't know if I love that part of it. I'm going to be honest with you. I know he's going to obviously be big in game planning, and he and Joe Witt Jr. have worked now, what, four consecutive years together, three in Dallas, one in Atlanta, so – I suppose, hey, if there's anybody else who would do this, he would entrust to do it, it would be Joe Wade Jr. So that's the route they're going to go. I just don't want to be back in another situation, well, James Slummy. If you've heard this before with, you know, CEO head coach who is not as uh, handsy on with uh, the side of the ball that he's an expert in, you know what I mean? And then I don't want it to be like three years down the road and Dan Quinn goes, you know, I've never really got to coach this team. I'd really like to coach a position group <laughs> or something, coach the side of the ball here because I've been too busy delegating this whole time. I just don't want to hear that at any point, you know what I mean? No, I understand why you'd be hesitant. Yeah. I really do. But at yep. the same time, at least I feel more comfortable 
that we have a guy that's actually going to be the architect of the defense well, in Dan Quinn. Right, He's defense. actually going to put this thing together with Joe Witt, Jr. Of course, it's not like that. You know, Joe Witt's going to be completely outside of this, but this is somebody that he trusts that as the architect – He's going to call this defense the right way on game day, and you know Dan Quinn's going to have his input. He's not just going to stand there with his arms folded like some people. Well, hopefully not. Uh, I know his hat's going to be backwards because I don't think he knows any That's other true. way to that do a true. hat. I think his yes. hat's consistently backwards uh, for sure. But anyway, we'll get to our poll question, which deals with these two hires today uh, by the uh, commanders and why uh, these may or may not make sense. Um, so officially, you know, as you might suspect, when you name an offensive coordinator, you already had one, um, but – it's not. That means the other guy's not here anymore. It's official in this press conference a few moments ago. They were asked about Eric Bieniemy, and then um, says they'll uh, continue that dialogue. We're not going to uh, work together here, but I wish him nothing but the best. So Bieniemy has, in fact, like oh, he still has a year left on a contract in Washington, um, which obviously seemed to be the case with all the interviews they did throughout the process. You know, he got the one in person, never got the second that he was not going to be in the mix here for either the head coaching position. And clearly when you bring in Cliff Kingsbury, he wasn't going to be the OC either. So what will be interesting now is can he, could he rush to Las Vegas and, you know, jump in on Andy Reid's staff? I don't know. I don't know if that's possible. Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> but, well, I mean, and what's going to happen with the 49ers, right? I'm, I'm yeah. assuming they'll have at least somebody left on that staff to promote as their offensive coordinator because it seems like they're kind of – Drifting into losing guys for for that team once that once their season's over, and yeah, who knows what's going to happen with the Chiefs? I'm not sure any of these Andy Reid retirement rumors are true or anything like that. But if they are, like we didn't think Nick Saban was going to retire at the end of the year either. No, that I didn't happened, have that so. on my bingo card. But it seemed more likely he's much older. And again, he didn't have Patrick Mahomes coming back in his prime. <laughs> that that you is know, very I true. mean, Andy Reid could really you know, especially if they win one this year, could eventually just name his number. It would feel like if uh, they get another one this year, especially with a team that's supposedly lesser than all the other, you know, other you know variations of Chief Championship teams. So uh, I think it's interesting um, to kind of see how all this stuff shakes out. But yeah, I'm not surprised by the B enemy news officially now. So that is done now. The question is, is anybody left in the staff? As I said to you before, if there was going to be a coordinator left, of course, there's only two of them left because there was no defensive coordinator. I thought Nick Katzor, the um, special teams coach, who a lot of people say, yeah, got you know did well considering didn't have a whole lot of materials over the years to work with. Players um, seem to believe in what he was preaching as well. So we'll see if Katzer makes it through this. I know nobody cares about special teams until you, of course, need special teams. <laughs> I cared this until year. Until there's a big breakdown, and then you're like, crap, I wish we would have cared more about special teams. So anyway, we'll see what happens there as well uh, moving forward here. But, yeah, those are the, the news out of Washington. So the, the poll question deals with this move. Because, again, I think you really most people have a very strong feel about, about the air raid and about Cliff Kingsbury. I don't think it's like – he's not one of these coordinators you're like, I don't really know his body of work. No, you know exactly <laughs> where we're talking about. We're talking about Cliff Kingsbury. Not only did he have the greatest single COVID pad in the history of COVID pads uh, during the, that virtual draft year when he's just chilling out in the desert. It's all windows, and it's like the badass-looking mountains behind him, and he just looks so relaxed. But, of course, you know, look, this is an offense that was birthed, in a sense, from – the great mind of the late great, uh, you know, the man they called the Pirate, who I, who I love so much. And it was such a good offensive coordinator. But, at this, you know, at the same time, I understand why there's some there's some little bit of consternation about it. The NFL was hit or miss. I mean, look, they had some really good years of Kyler Murray, some not-so-good years of Kyler Murray. It was one winning season. That's not great. But 
I'll remind you, he is not the offensive coordinator here. Uh, do they totally abandon the run every week? No, that's not true. There's a lot of MythBuster stuff we're going to have to go through with Cliff Kingsbury here over these next few weeks. But I do think he is um, – look, it's not a boring hire. I, you give him that. I mean, we want to say Dan Quinn was kind of boring. This is not boring. Uh-uh. This is not boring at all. So uh, you got to love what uh, they've done here at least to kind of – go the opposite. And, and hearing you know, Dan Quinn's explanation today about I hire people that make me uncomfortable as a defensive coach. He's talking about Kyle Shanahan prior and now, of course, with Cliff Kingsbury here with this you know, NFL version of the air raid, as they, as they call it. So I'm fascinated to see it. And does it discount this quarterback versus that quarterback? I know a lot of people want to play that game. We will do that as well. Uh, with you here over these uh, next few hours. But I, I don't think it necessarily does. I think there's a lot of things that could, in fact, work for them with this air raid style, which has been modified, by the way. It's not 60 passes a game in the NFL. He did coach a lot of great quarterbacks, right? That he did. Including the guy who's in the Super Bowl again in Pat Mahomes. Uh, and remember, he had early Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, obviously, as well. So he's been around some QBs in his day. Caleb Williams this year, I don't know. People want to hold that against him. Remember, he was not the offensive coordinator. He was the offensive assistant slash QBs coach this season. And, you know, it's funny to talk about USC. Maybe we'll go down this rabbit hole at some point as we get closer to draft time. But was it really, in fact, as loaded or unloaded as people want to tell you? Like some people go, I can't believe you couldn't win at USC with all the talent they had. And they're like, yeah, they don't really have as much talent as you think they did. <laughs> not at, the, not at yeah. certain positions anyway. Right, not at some very important positions. So we'll, uh, we'll definitely uh, get into all that stuff as time moves on here because we're going to have a lot of time, apparently, Cliff Kingsbury. Three-year contract for Cliff Kingsbury as the OC uh, in Washington. And, again, um, kind of an interesting move today after the things fell apart with the Raiders. Now, somebody asked me on the text line today, did the, can the commanders get hit with a, uh, you know, kind of a tampering situation. I'm like, what's there to tamper with? And if somebody doesn't have a contract, there's nothing wrong with reaching out to them. If that's what, in fact, changed his mind, or was there something else here, I have no idea. I mean, that's just – there's a big guess on my part. I would, I'd have no clue uh, how that happened. Uh, but no, nonetheless, he is, he is there uh, now. And again, a guy, Mike Leach, Hal Mummy, this is the air raid at birth, you know, all these different variations – Everybody in college uses some form of spread, it feels like, these days. And they were 88% shotgun. Wow. The, the Cardinals they had, in the NFL a few years ago. Yeah, that's true, yeah. But yet, at times, could run the ball fairly effectively. No, Kyler Murray didn't rush for 1,000 yards in any season or anything like that. But it certainly uh, is, is something that makes you think maybe you'd be a better offense for a quarterback that is a dual threat. And I think that's a fair assessment. But we'll get to all that coming up on the – Reactions and perhaps overreactions of Cliff Kingsbury more so than Joe Witter, it seems. But uh, in terms of you know winning the press conference with the announcement, which I don't think they did with Dan Quinn, this might actually do the opposite. So we'll check the numbers on that coming up. Uh, again, we're at Hackers on Hilltop, uh, Scott Jackson Show. Uh, James Witham, Scott Jackson, Ricky Ronnie is going to join us around 3.30 here on site for a couple segments to talk some uh, ODU football and get his thoughts on the Super Bowl as well. And, of course, the spread in the NFL with Cliff Kingsbury in Washington. That's all coming up here. Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. We're brought to you by Larry King Law. You are listening to the Scott Jackson Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. All right, welcome back, Hackers and Hilltop, Scott Jackson Show. We are uh, giving away a lot of items today, too. So if you come on by and see us, the first person that comes out, talks to our uh, promotion staff, will be able to choose what they want. You want to go see Train, Ario Speedwagon, and um, 
Who else is there? Am I got that right? It's just those two. Okay. I'm not, I'm not trying to oversell hey, It's them. just those two those and that particular two, thing. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Uh, no, in August, good. you want to get to uh, the professional bull riding in Hampton uh, next month. You want to see Pink Floyd, Australian Pink Floyd at the Atlantic Bank Union Center in June. Uh, whatever tickets you want, you tell our guys, uh, Derek and Joe, when you come on out here and they'll hook you up. Uh, but you got to be the first one to do it, so we'll go that direction uh, if you come on out here to Hackers on Hilltop. Uh, Ricky Ronnie is early. Um, you know, like these coaches do this all the time. They pick a time, and they're like 10 minutes, 15 minutes early. Of course, of course. And, they, and that's what he did to us, so I'm excited he's here. Uh, Coach, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I, I actually felt late. I thought I was like two minutes late, so I feel pretty good. That you guys are saying I'm early. I was, no, I, you're early. I was, like, I was like in a dead panic. Uh, no, you're early. I don't come up here during this time like – yeah. Yeah, there's you traffic, huh? Right, yeah, right. There's I mean, traffic, road yeah, construction are, uh, everywhere. Yeah, people, They there's a lot of people out there driving, listening to you guys. So, well, I yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. Well, well let me, before we get into some ODU stuff, we've got a million things to ask you about. I want to ask you your initial thoughts today. Cliff Kingsbury back at the NFL with the Commanders. Obviously, a lot of our Commanders fans here have strong opinions one way or the other about it. Well, what do you think about the air raid offense trying it again this time in Washington? Uh, I think that that name for their offense is a major misnomer and I think that that's one of the things that people um, get upset about I mean yeah I don't think that um, a lot of the people who have really strong opinions in a negative aspect probably have never actually watched any tape right they just probably right. hear or saw the records and this and that and people forget that you know I mean when he was head coach would they they won 11 games one time yes, too they did. right 11 you know and, six and, one year, yep. and, and put up some pretty big numbers and and did some good things so um i've only met him uh one time and um he's incredible he was he was a really nice guy <laughs> so um it was one of those things that i i, I can only say great things about him cuz i've met him once and he was a nice guy and uh, i've watched him you know and they run the ball a lot more than people probably give him credit for it and things like that and and uh you know i i think sometimes when you you know they did the draft, and he's got that you know that beautiful house that, awesome. that they put him in, and all. Which really, I don't even think was his house. That was kind of a little <laughs> about it too. I don't know, um, man. which I, I, I for his sake, I hope it was. Right. But then, like you know, I mean, his his hair is always done so nice, and all those sort of things, and he you know dresses well, which for some reason is like a negative. Um, guy, I will tell right, you that right. much. I mean, he's a hundred percent a football guy. Like his whole life has and does revolve around football that I do know about him so I think that everyone should uh you know for for that you know he, he's going to be a guy who's going to do well well it's funny you bring that up because I've read so many stories of him over the years about you know he's a 4 a.m guy he's one of you know he's like he's very meticulous about getting there early and the things that he's done and, and you're right so it is an offense that has had success running the ball they actually had some really good running numbers a couple years in Arizona uh it also is an offense that is Dan Quinn said it was the offense that he was uncomfortable defending so that's why there's an attraction, right? And this is how he said he also found Kyle Shanahan. But do, do you feel like sometimes the spread, I mean, because, again, this, the, that a shotgun, a lot of us old guys like me uh, remember teams under center and think, oh, God, oh, you know, you can't run if you're, if you're out of shotgun. You're adding that, you know, the yardage behind in the backfield that we've kind of gotten kind of sucked into thinking that way all the time, although there are teams that have always run extremely well out of the, out of the uh, shotgun. Yeah, I mean, obviously I, I don't believe in that at all. Yeah, I mean, clearly, I, yeah. I, I, I think that uh, – I actually think teams run the ball a lot better out of the shotgun than they do under center. I mean, I I think you actually have to account for the quarterback, right? So now it's you're actually playing 11-on-11, 11 11, so you're playing real football. If there's any real benefit to it, is I, do I think there's slightly better play-action pass um, when you go 
from from those sort of things. I do, and it's not what people think. It's not because the quarterback turns his back and does right. all this nonsense. It's it's because of the fact that you can move the launch point a little bit better. So, I mean, if you go back and you look at the Shanahan tree type things, you know, they run so much outside zone, and then they're moving the launch point um, and running some of those deeper down the field, you know, post overs and, and, and uh, V out overs and, and all the things that they do. Um, that's because they're moving the launch point and it makes it a little bit harder on the pass rush. So I, I think if, if there is a benefit from being under center, it's not the run, which if you look at it, um, a lot of the big-time runs that they're doing, like the exotic and runs that they always get credit for, are from the shotgun, and they're tossing it to the receiver, and they're doing yep. those sort of things. Um, I think that the be- better thing is, all right, you run it, 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 and then you're able to take a better shot down the field because you're able to um, move the launch point a little bit better than you can from gun where it's very awkward to do that sometimes. Well, again, it's uh, it's an interesting uh, hire, needless to say, and you know, actually the fan base loves it. Uh, <laughs> right now, I mean, it's been more well-received, I'd say, at least from the uh, the polling I've done. My unofficial polling network that I have that I've done here, uh, which is called the X. Uh, there are more people <laughs> excited about it on the X than there were when we were just telling them Dan Quinn was the head coach. So I guess I guess they got that going for him as well. But let me ask you this because you know you probably saw. Well, him. I will say this: I've yeah. also met Dan Quinn a few yeah. times, and he might be one of the best human beings on the planet. Uh, not to mention one of the smartest ones. Um, so I, I, yeah, I that one I would be very excited about because that guy is a great football coach and a tremendous human being. Well, you know how it's been today. Of course, he's the last coach, you know, talking about Cliff Kingsbury, Caleb Williams. So it's him, oh, they're going to try to give the one or they'll finagle him back or whatever. But it seems to me if you look at all three of those quarterbacks, if you believe those are the top three, maybe you don't. I mean, there's other options too, that he could probably work all those guys in his system, right? I mean, Drake May, isn't that what uh, Longo, Phil Longo has been running, right? A lot of spread and with, with Drake May and, you know, Hal before that. So, I mean, he's familiar with all those guys. He'd be familiar in some form of that uh, offense. If you're one of the top quarterbacks in, in in the draft nowadays, you can fit into any system. I mean, you should be able to fit into any system. If you truly are worthy of a, of a top three pick, then you should be able to fit into any system. And and I think those three guys really, really can. Um, you know, if, you, if you're if you saying, if you're putting Jaden Daniels, I assume. Yeah, yeah, Jaden Heisman. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, those three guys are um, tremendous. Uh, they all have great size. They're all unbelievable athletes. They have um, – Way, way, way plus arm talent um, in terms of ability to push the ball down the field, and they're all very accurate, you know. And they can, they, you know, in this day and age, you have to be able to extend plays with your feet. I mean, you look back at, you know, the 49ers won that game because Brock Purdy gets two right. first downs running the ball, you know. Um, I would say that the Ravens game, um, Lamar, they didn't win that game because Lamar didn't run enough. He didn't, I, you know, yep. for whatever reason, I don't know if he was dinged up. No one's kind of fe- figured that out. But um, obviously that was a game plan, obviously, of the Chiefs, too, to not allow him to run. Um, but the times he did buy time in the pocket, he was able to throw a touchdown pass. He was able to do some other things. So th- I, I felt like, you know, that that was uh, um, you got to be able to make plays with your feet nowadays. Uh, Ricky Ronnie's with his Old Dominion head coach here. Scott Jackson shows it could be live from Hackers on Hilltop. I'll uh, be with you until 7 here tonight. All right, so you, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, even though you grew up in Colorado, we're a, we're a Raiders fan. Am I right? I got that right? That is right. This yeah. has got to be a nightmare Super Bowl for you. <laughs> I mean, the 49ers, I mean, that's, you know, the, the team in the neighborhood that everybody loved, so, and then and the, and the hated rivals, the Chiefs. I mean, this has got to be torturous. So when I was, all right, when I was growing up, though, it was really the Los Angeles Raiders. Right, okay, um, okay. And, yeah, so you weren't a big you know, I mean, Raider. it was, okay. it was right, a, right. now when I was three, they were the Oakland yeah, Raiders, right, but right, I wasn't okay. a fan gotcha, yet, right? right. And, uh, 
And so I didn't ha- I didn't have hatred for them okay. for the Niners. In fact, you know, I I loved uh I loved Montana. I loved Rice and yeah. those guys too. If they if I had an NFC team, it would have been them, but it, that felt a little too bandwagony. Um but no, the Chiefs, I mean, yeah, the Chiefs Oof. They were they were a nightmare um, for everybody, and I even you know my whole family's Broncos fans, and I was I remember being at the game, and I, I'm sure I'm sure three hundred thousand people say they were, at, they were at this game, but I remember being at the game um, where Steve Atwater laid out Christian Okoye, and that was like a big deal because no one laid right. out Christian Okoye. Um, you know, it's so funny. You know, back in the day, you know, Denver had these two monstrous safeties, you know, who would just hit. And I don't know if they. I mean, one of them, you know, they're Hall of Famers and that sort of thing, but it's not like they were big coverage guys. So that's how right. much the game has changed. I mean, Atwater was, what, 6'3", 230. You know, Dennis Smith was 6'2", 228, 225, and both would just hit and strike. Um, yeah, but those Chiefs teams, they were unbelievable, and uh, so it is a little bit of that. The other th- reason the Chiefs were- – we have a lot of guys from Kansas on our staff, like okay. Tyler, Remington, oh, yeah. Redstock, all those guys, and so they are huge Chiefs fans. So that part of it is probably a little bit more of a nightmare because we're no, <laughs> I know, I know we're gonna have to hear about yeah, you know yeah. how great yep. the Chiefs are and all that sort of stuff for a while. Well, and then you know if like if you're you know in that in that Raiders world, I mean, imagine this: you have to open your facility to the Chiefs and welcome. <laughs> Here, use all of our stuff. Here's where everything is. Just just you know make yourself at home. <laughs> I tell you what, that that one's still hard. For me to like remember that they're the Las Vegas Raiders, you it's know weird, I mean? right? Yeah, I mean, and I've been down there a few times and I've seen it, and um, yeah, so that one is still that one's still a little awkward for me. But yeah, that that would be very difficult to just open all that stuff up and have your you know have one of your uh, mortal uh, enemies in there. What do you what do you think about uh, Antonio Pierce and what he's doing? He's obviously putting together an interesting staff. He's you know he's done a great job. I mean, I think it says a lot that how many of those players. I mean, good players threatening to ask for trades if he didn't get named the head coach you know I mean so I think that says a lot about um you know the type of coach he is and the way he was able to motivate and connect with those guys and that sort of thing and um obviously you still got to win I mean you know everyone says that now and 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 in three years from now if they don't win then those same players are going to be asking for his head so um it's it's one of those things that we all know that uh, this game's about production, but he has been able to uh, do a nice job of building relationships, and, and uh, he is building a great staff, and, and so it'll be interesting to see uh, where it goes from there. All right, we'll do this. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll get into some ODU football with Coach, the offseason that's uh, underway. Well, that really never ends. I mean, we, I mean let's be honest. <laughs> the, the bowl game was over. The offseason was started. I mean, this, this is college football these days. We'll get into that with Coach Ricky Ronnie, who's with us here. Uh, Hackers on Hilltop, come on out and see us here in Virginia Beach off – First, or off of um, first, well, not really off first colonial. Excuse me, off Laskin. There you go. I came down first colonial, go. then I turned to Laskin. Anyway, off well, Laskin that, Road. Pretty much everybody would. So yeah. It's, anyway, it's fine. off it's Laskin good. Road here in Virginia Beach. Come on out and see us. Uh, Hackers at Hilltop. James Witham's got a sports center coming up. And again, we've got uh, giveaways. So if you come on out of here and see us, uh, come see us because we have things for you. All right, Scott Jackson, Joe Priority Auto Sports Radio, ninety four point one. We are brought to you by Larry Kinglaw. This is the Scott Jackson Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. All right, our guest here at Hackers at Hilltop is Old Dominion Head Coach Ricky Ronnie. We were just going through all the Cliff Kingsbury file stuff a little while ago with Coach and other uh, important items, uh, including uh, the Raiders having opened the doors to the Chiefs. So if you're just joining us, but I want to switch it over to, obviously, Old Dominion offseason. We can call it that, Coach. I mean, if there is such a thing as an offseason anymore, but – You've been on the road a lot. You've had a lot of things to do. What what was once the bowl game was over? You got you go home. I mean, how quickly does that flip to 
all right, we're in off-season mode right now? Uh, I mean, we had a staff meeting the next day, and two days later we had signing day. You know, we were able to um, – did it, had a pretty good signing day. You know, we were able to sign uh, at the time, you know, 16 high school kids, nine junior college uh, – or, excuse me, three junior college transfers um, – and uh, also got some other transfers in here, and um, we can't really sign them on signing day, but um, they're in now. So we have, you know, a total of uh, nine mid-year transfers already in and working out with us. Uh, two of those three junior college kids are already working out with us, and then we have um, another six of our high school players who are already working out with us. So, wow. um, yeah, so, I mean, I went out and, yeah, I mean, you get back uh, – really on the road in January, and, and then, you know, the guys all get here on January 6th, so we had a team meeting that, that night and, and got into some things and then uh, kind of go from there. And, and the guys are already working out, doing everything, and I was at a uh, run earlier today. We'll have a team run tomorrow and that sort of thing. And um, and then in February, a little bit later on, or not tomorrow, excuse me, on Thursday, but uh, a little bit later on in February, we'll have uh, some mini camp stuff, which is basically, you know, knockdown drag out uh conditioning type thing that uh, everyone loves and and kind of go from there but yeah we we're in it um we'll have another signing day here on wednesday where we'll hopefully sign um two more high school players uh two or three more high school players we'll hopefully sign uh two or three more junior college players and uh go from there so it feels like now with, with obviously the portal and all the activity that goes on that really the the calendar just never ends but i mean there, are there cutoff points anywhere anymore where we're like okay this is really the end of of addition in terms of next season uh august <laughs> <laughs> so it is as crazy as i think it is yeah i mean okay. I, I i i obviously i mean yeah. you know it's i'm not, not bemoaning the the fact of how it works now yeah um because it, it works the way it works. I mean, it's fine. I mean, it, 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 it is, and we all deal uh, under the same things. Um, do I wish that it would end earlier? Yeah, of course, because you could have more time to kind of uh, um, integrate people and, and do those sort of things. But, I mean, it's the way it works, and, you know, in August, you'll, you'll know your real team. You really hope that it's um, at the end of June um, is really when you know because – you know, the coaches go away for some vacation in July and that sort of thing. So you'd like to know kind of before that if you can or else what vacation is it really. Um, but, yeah, yeah, for the most part, it's uh, it's it's end of June. But it can change all the way up into August. Well, for you guys, you know, installing a new offense last year, new new staff additions last year as well on that side of the ball in particular, to having a, now the full off season, one off season, now another full off season. How beneficial can, can that be for you and the fact that you uh, have quarterbacks returning as well that have been in that system? Yeah, I mean, we definitely have people who are coming back, and, and I feel more continuity in the offensive system. Um, obviously, we have a new wide receiver coach in uh, J.J. Laster, and we have a new uh, um, um, tight end coach in Coach Weeks. So, you know, we do have some, some new additions. I think both those guys are going to bring unbelievable uh, – they have some experience in this system. So they're going to bring great ideas and, and, and those sort of things, and I think we're only going to get better because of it. So uh, feel great about where our offense is, is, is heading. Um, having, you know, offensive linemen who played in the system, wide receivers who played in the system, running backs, tight ends, uh, obviously the quarterbacks. Um, and then feel obviously feel great on the other side of the ball too for, for very similar reasons. We're here with uh, Ricky Ronnie joining us here. Scott Jackson, show priority on Sports Radio 94.1 as we're coming to you live from Hackers on Hilltop. Come on out and see us here off Laskin Road if you got time today. We're here until uh, 7 o'clock tonight. 
uh, you know, for the for your team this year, you had so many close games. You know, obviously you get to the bowl, uh, another tough close loss there. I mean, what, what's kind of the big message after that season? You know, you guys just had and and trying to go forward to obviously in those close games, finish out more of them than others. Yeah, I mean, we've got some different things we're working on right now in terms of uh, some fundamental things that, that we need to get better at. Um, that we, you know, I put three of them up on, on the board so everyone's looking at them all the time. And then also some mentality things, you know. You know, I think we need to, uh, you know, obviously we're going to have to integrate a lot of new players again. I mean, that's just the, the, the nature of college football um, in today's day and age. We've got some new coaches and that sort of thing. So, you know, one thing we've got to do is we've got to trust. We've got to learn how to trust each other and, and, and those sort of things. We've got to trust the coaching. And then the other thing I think that we have to, you know, not only trust the man next to you, but you got to trust yourself. you got to trust, you know, your ability to make the play, that you know what you're doing and all those sort of things. And, and that trust is earned, and I think that that's one thing that I've really tried to hammer down to the guys. Um, you know, I've, it, it, the other one is, you know, a fist. You know, we've got to have a fist mentality. You know, if you if you look at your hand and um, if you jam, you know, put it out and all the fingers and you kind of go like this, you know, those those fingers aren't uh, – that doesn't go real well, right? That kind of hurts uh, if you if you if you hit a wall like that, you know. But you put a fist together and and you put them all, and they're all working together as one unit. Now you're the one creating damage. So we need to have a fist mentality. You know that's going to have. And then you know the other one is we've got to finish in a dominant position. So every single rep we want to finish in a dominant position. You if you're up by, you know you're going to win by four yards. Hey, try to win by five. You know I mean. So we're always going to try to finish in a dominant position and get that going. I mean if you look at it, a lot of people are like, hey. You know, do you guys need to work on finishing games? Obviously, we had some issues um, at times with that, but we also finished a lot of games, right? I mean, people love to, you know, and nowadays and in, in, in today's day and age, people only like to remember the negatives that happened. But, I mean, listen, we, we won the Louisiana game uh, on the last play of the game. We, we won uh, um, – we won the Georgia State game on the last play of the game. We won the Georgia Southern game on the last play of the game. We won the App State game on the last play of the game. I mean, so, I, I you know, th- there's some finishing going on there as well. Yeah. So I think that, that that's one thing that sometimes people don't like to, to remember. So it's really we just got to be more consistent with the finishing, and, and that's why we've got to train that right now. Yeah, you mentioned, so last year was it 58 new players that you brought in? Uh, around that, yeah, 58, I, I believe so. Are you uh, think anywhere, do you have a ballpark yet where you're going to end up? Uh, it'll be close. It'll be close. Again. It'll be close. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be quite as many, um, but it'll be above fifty. Um, and I think that that'll be a, a, a key thing. I mean, you know, when you consider all the freshmen and the freshman walk-ons and all those sort of things, it'll it'll be it'll be a pretty high number. So eleven one-score games, which is the most in D1 history since '78, according to my stats and information man, Eric Bohannon. Uh, that I mean, that's that's insane. Right, I mean that's that can't be good. Did you did you have to see a cardiologist at any point after the season <laughs> just to check, just to make sure there's no damage done in a situation like that? Because that is not normal. He wasn't the only one. I can right, right, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was. Uh, I I probably would rather get a CAT scan on my brain. There's probably more damage up there. <laughs> right, right. But, um, no, I mean, it, it, yeah, it was. I mean, that's the league we play in, right? right. And and um, we're gonna play a lot of one score games and. Um, we're blessed this year to we're going to play 11 bowl teams out of 12 opponents. So, and the and the one team that's not a bowl team is East Carolina. We all know what type of program right. um, they are and, and and how great a job uh, Coach Houston does. So, I mean, I, in my mind, we're playing 12 bowl teams next year, um, and we know what that's going to take and and the type of effort, the type of continued effort that that's going to take the whole way through in order to you know um, reach our goals. So, I think it's just one of these things that we've just got to. 
be ready and, and be prepared for that. To, to think that these one-score games are going away, they're not. So um, we just got to be ready each and every game. And I think a lot of people are like, well, now you have experience with it. Well, you just touched on how many new players right, are going to have. Right, different people, right. So yeah. how many of them are going to have. So you've got to kind of go through and reteach that mentality and reteach that whole the 1-0 and mindset uh, each and every day, each and every year. Now, um, I know we, we saw the affirmation a few weeks ago. We talked to uh, Wood Seelig about this. Tech stays in the schedule. I guess there was some discussion. Maybe they would or wouldn't be on the schedule. Uh, you just mentioned East Carolina yet. I mean, it's a very challenging schedule. I mean, there's, there's, no, there's no duck in it. So it's 11 of 12 teams that were uh, in the postseason. Was there, was there any thought, though, from just the perspective, you know, clearly the fans want the Tech game, but any thought from the perspective of, hey, maybe we need to give ourselves a break Maybe it wouldn't be bad if this left, or was that that never really factored in? I mean, I'm going to play the people who, you know, they put in front of us. Uh, it's funny, yeah. you know, I get called all the time, like, hey, we want to play you, or hey, have you thought right. about this, or hey, I'm like, I don't, it, this is not my job. I was like, <laughs> right, I was right. like, I can direct you to the people whose job that it is, but right. I assure you that this is not my job. I mean, um, as a head football coach for, you know, we have a lot of jobs, you know, and, and, and so I don't want, I'm not looking to take on new ones. Um, you know, so nah, I mean, whoever they put up there, we're going to play. Uh, you know, we, we know that it's a great opportunity for, for our program, um, you know, to bring, to be able to say, hey, we're going to bring a Power 5 team into our stadium, that's pretty awesome. So we're going to take as many opportunities as we can to, to do that. All right. Um, I guess I should call them, what, Power 4? What are they calling power them? Power 3 now or Power 4? I mean, yeah, it's... Power 4. I heard somebody else uh, had a better name for it, but I can't even remember now. So, yeah, i got to start. i gotta get. I got to get on it. They, you know, they want me to call it, like, all right, the autonomous you know, they don't want me to call it the Power Five. They wanted me to call it the Autonomous Five, the A5. Wow, the A5. Oh, now, let me tell you, so here's my thing on that. Right, right. I actually think that's more degrading to us. Right? So yes. if we're the group of five right, right. And, and they're the Power Five, fine, right? Power, like, that, that, that's a very, like, you know, kind of out there thing. But Autonomous Five, that implies that we are non-autonomous, that we cannot make our own decisions, like that we depend solely on them. So I actually think Autonomous Five is actually more degrading to us, but people, they don't like to hear. I hear you. That's a good point. Well, and I just hate the fact that we all can't count. I mean, they got to change. The Big Ten is now the big for me. That's what I'm referring to is now, and I don't know what they're going to call the Big 12, the Big 18, or whatever the number will be, but all these numbered conferences, it's the All-Coast Conference or the Atlantic Coast Conference. I mean, they got to they got to kind of work on that, too. Well, uh, the one thing I would say about, like, so everyone's talking about how it spreads across the whole country, and yeah. so now it doesn't work. But it does kind of – I think maybe we need to use latitudes, <laughs> right? Like if you start like <laughs> right, doing it right, like right. the big – like I don't know what it would be. Like yeah. that, those things I start might, um, <laughs> might start working because the SEC is all below yeah, a certain right, latitude, right. right? The Big Ten's all above a certain latitude. So I think maybe we can start <laughs> using latitudes. All right, Ricky Ronnie's here with us. We'll get to some thoughts on the uh, Super Bowl coming up. Uh, we are coming at you at Hackers on Hilltop off Laskin Road. Coming out and join us. We're here till 7 o'clock. Uh, Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. The Scott Jackson Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We're here at Hackers at Hilltop. Come on out and see us. We're here till 7 o'clock. And again, big game bash coming here Sunday. If you have not secured your tickets, you'll want to do so soon. Uh, you can give them a call. You can come by in person. Or you go to Hackers Hilltop at Hilltop, excuse me, dot com. Hackers at Hilltop dot com. We'll give you more details. As you move along. Ricky Ronnie here with us for one more segment. Old Dominion head coach. Good enough to give us some time here today. Um, spring game. I got people asking me about it. What is, do we have a date? People want to know. 
Yep. Wiring minds want to know. A- April 13th. April 13th. All right. Set yep. your Saturday, April 13th. All right, there we go. Yep. Uh, we're hoping for uh, perfect weather and uh, a good time. So April 13th, the spring game is set. So for all you that were inquiring, now you know. All right. Before we uh, get into the Super Bowl, I got to ask you: like, as a coach on a Sunday, I know you guys practice on Sundays. You're probably reviewing Sundays. Do you ever get any time on Sundays to watch NFL football? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. I'll watch a little on Thursday night sometimes. Right. right you right. know. Um, and uh, yeah, but that that's my. And then obviously, once the playoffs start and, yeah, and those sort of things, more. I can I I get to I get to watch a little more. I actually went to the Ravens Chiefs game. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. Uh, wow. My buddy, uh, my best friend uh, in the world, uh, who's my college roommate and everything, he he was nice enough to take me. He's got season tickets, and um, yeah, I, I see why everyone loves football. It's it's pretty yeah, fun when you don't stands, have any right? skin in the game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ravens like Stadium's a great just, experience. Just kind of hanging out, uh, you know, having a couple beers and yeah. and and, and uh, hot dogs, and getting to see everything, and you know, these great athletes doing amazing things. I mean, I tell you what, man, when you're when you don't really have when it really isn't life and death for you, I know it feels like it for yeah. for fans sometimes. When it really isn't life and death, I tell you what, it was pretty awesome. So, has your buddy recovered? Is he all right? I mean, I imagine that. Yeah, was he's doing okay. Loss. I mean, he he was pretty bummed out. Um, you know, because he, he, he went to a bunch of them and, uh, and those sort of things. But you know, he played. You know, obviously, we played uh, football together sure. at Cornell, and and uh, he actually comes down to almost every home game we have here and that sort of thing. So he uh, he he got over it. But yeah, he was pretty d- bummed out because he thought this was the year. Right. You know what I mean? Like sure. I, I think he was like, "All right, we got over that first hump, and and this is the year, and we're playing so well on defense right now, and you know we have uh, the weapons on offense and those yeah. sort of things." So yeah, it was a it was a little bit uh, you know to, to to hold the Chiefs scoreless in the second half and not win the game. I mm. think that was right. something that after. You know, he kind of sat there and thought. He's like, "Wait a second, did they not score in the second half?" I'm like, "No." And he's yeah. like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah. <laughs> like that was one of the things that I think also kind of got him because, like, you just never assume you're going to hold a, a Pat Mahomes team scoreless in the second half, and then certainly you don't think you're going to lose if you do that. Right. So you you got to scout the Chiefs in person. Uh, you got to. Uh, I'm sure you've seen the 49ers at least once or twice. So what what are your what's your gut feeling on on Sunday? Man, I I mean. I want to say I think the Niners, but I just don't. The the Chiefs just find ways to win, right? I mean, yep. they just keep finding ways to win. I think the Niners are more talented all the way around, yep. um, and they've got a great coach. You know, I actually played against Coach Shanahan in, in high school. Oh, is that right? Yeah, we're the same age. Oh, wow. And he's, yeah, Colorado, he, yeah. Yeah, he went to Cherry <laughs> Creek High School, and, and I went to Bear Creek. I think in the fourth game of the year, they had like a 25-game winning streak, and we beat them. Um yeah, so well, that that's was nice. A, nice. Yeah, that's so nice. So we was, were, were there other kids? We, we were way better. Were there me. other were there <laughs> other coaches, kids on that team? Like there had to be like a Kubiak or somebody on that team, right? Or were there this? Uh, the era? Kubiaks went to Regis Jesuit, oh, okay, I believe. Okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, there there were some. I'm sure there were other guys, and yeah. they had good players, but we were better that year. Like yeah. we were we were way better. It shouldn't even have been as close as it was, <laughs> but um, but yeah, so yeah, so um, but you know, I think did he? You know, they've got great coaches on both sides, but. You know, I think the 49ers really should win, but I kind of – I don't – I really have a – I know I'm, like, copping out here, but I don't sure. see how you uh, bet against the Chiefs. They just find ways to win. Andy Reid – so here's an interesting question I'll ask you guys. Mm-hmm. If he wins this Super Bowl, where does he rank in all-time coaches? 
Because it's got to be way up he's there. He's moved now, right? up the list a lot in the last no few doubt. years. I, th- no I doubt. think he's moved up a lot. And then you get in that un- uncomfortable situation. If they do a few more of these, you're like, well, even in his era, and you would count Bill Belichick in that sort of that time frame, you know, is he right there with Bill? I mean, you know, and then people will just say, oh, I had Pat Mahomes. Had Pat, you know, well, you know, he also had a good team prior in Philadelphia. They won every division every year. Correct. And, you know, got to a, one Super Bowl, but still. Yeah, I mean, what he's done over the two years, and this is also one of these things that's counter to the, hey, retread coaches suck thing. Well, no, Andy Reid's a retread. Belichick's a retread. Pete Carroll's a retread. Jim Harbaugh is a retread. Yep. I mean, there's a lot. You can yep. just keep going. You know, these are the epitome guy. you know, the top of the top guys, you know, that are quote-unquote retreads. Well, know? I mean, Shanahan. Yeah. Was a retread, right? What? His dad was dad, yes, right, correct, right. Yeah. I mean, he was yeah. he, right. he he failed miserably yes. with the Raiders, Raiders right? and then yep. and then went and did exactly. unbelievable with, with Denver. No, I mean, yeah, that, yep. that that thing's kind of a. I mean, yeah, that's that's not that's not yeah. reality. Um, no, it but is. he he is. I mean, I, I mean, he's. I started doing. I mean, he's he's right up there as top five of all time. Exactly. I, mean, I agree. Yeah. Which is which is crazy because you he kind of slid in there. You kind of don't think about him when you think about the upper pantheon or the Mount Rushmore of uh, NFL coaches, but he's certainly up there. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, I'm sure you've seen all the shake down and shake up at Michigan, and uh, your former Big Ten guy. Just kind of, what do you take from that? I mean, Kirk Campbell's now the new OC there. I mean, there's just a lot of things going on quickly there. Yeah, I have a lot of uh, respect for uh, you know Sharon Moore, their their new head coach. I've known him for a long time. Just recruiting, um, we'd we'd see each other all the time recruiting and that sort of thing. So uh, a lot of respect for him. He's done an unbelievable job. Um, I actually interviewed their new uh, offensive line coach. I actually interviewed him for our tight end coach uh, at one point, um, Grant Newsom. He he is a really really sharp guy. Um, and then you know the tight end coach that they just hired. Um, Kasula, he he is really smart. So I, I think that uh, Sharon did a nice job of putting a staff together, and and I you know, but the reality of it is they lost a lot of really good football players, right. and and to think that they're going to be able to just pick up right where they left off, I think is uh, you know I, that would be one heck of a coaching job if if he's able to do that. I'm not saying they won't get back to that moment, but they lost a lot of good players. Right, and then obviously the conference is getting bigger and, and harder. I mean, for everybody, but yeah. it's going to be interesting too. And their schedule is the hardest. Yeah, I mean, if you go back yeah. and look at it, their schedule is oh, yeah. is, is yeah. very, very, very difficult. Um, so, I mean, I think there's a lot of things going against them. So, I mean, that's one of those things that they could really uh, show. You know what that culture is all about, and 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 those sort of things. But um, you know, it may not happen this year, or whatever. But I, I have a lot of confidence in uh, in that in in you know coach Moore and obviously I have a special place in my heart for the people at Penn State right you know <laughs> what I mean so yeah, yeah. Um, and I want them to be successful and and uh, you know always and and I want them to win a national championship is uh, you know as much as I as much as I can but you know that's a great league I mean and, and that travel is going to be difficult and we'll see how that goes for everybody because everybody's got to make one West Coast trip and that might be a killer. Yeah, it's going to be – it's a whole new world that we're about to see uh, in college football. Well, Coach Ronnie, we appreciate you coming by. It was uh, great to have you here, get your insights, and um, good luck with the offseason stuff. Look forward to uh, the spring game on the 13th of April and uh, all the offseason that's ahead. Yeah, uh, I appreciate it, and I hope everyone gets out there and gets season tickets. I mean, we've got a great uh, schedule coming in. You know, you get teams like East Carolina and Virginia Tech coming in, um, and I think everybody got a quick taste of what the Sun Belt Conference is going to be like, and we got, you know, JMU coming back, Marshall coming back, all those sort of things. So it's going to be, you know, one of the best home schedules I think uh, we've had maybe ever here. So uh, it's going to be a great deal, and hope to see everybody there. 
Awesome. All right, Ricky Ronnie, thanks so much. With us here, Scott Jackson Show. We'll take a break. We'll get back to some Super Bowl stuff. Uh, the 49ers have got practice field issues. We'll talk about that. And the other part of the commander's uh, c- uh, coordinator situation, Joe Witt Jr., coming up in the next hour in Football at Four. Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We're brought to you by Larry King Law.